And I think having that vulnerability and that ability to, to put yourself out there every day, it's hard. It's a challenge and it's not easy. Um, being able to talk to people and let them know that you are in this particular field is a challenge sometimes. Welcome to the Business Coffee Hour with William Gray Jr., a show where we take a deep dive into the human side of entrepreneurship and leadership over a cup of coffee. But today, my wife is working at an event, so she brought me fresh squeezed lemonade, and uh, so I'm gonna enjoy this while we have our conversation. Today's guest is Mr. Andrew Trevino, who I'm beginning to know more and more, and I appreciate being around him and his circle. Uh, I spent some time, lots of time, in the military. I've uh, been out now, retired for a couple of years, starting his own business, uh, within real estate and curious to see how he continues to grow within that aspect and as well as um, leading a diverse and a spread out group. So welcome, Andrew. How are you today? I'm doing good. Glad yeah. to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate it again um, for you coming on the show. Not really sure where we're going to go with this and being open to that. So why don't you give us a brief like 30-second overview of who Mr. Andrew is? All right, yeah, so uh, I like to lead off with obviously my history. So I'm a retired veteran, 20 years of Army service, and then after that I was, I was looking to, to change my career and kind of put myself on a path where I could be a little bit more independent and operate individually. And I, I found myself into the real estate market and became a realtor, had a great uh, mentor in my broker, and he's led me down the path to success and helping me get this thing started, which is, it's a business. It's not necessarily an occupation. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I treat it. I treat it more as a business than I do as a job. And, and that's exactly what it is. Um, but at the end of the day, I think my, my core values are the same. Um, being confident in my abilities and having that ability to help as many people as I can um, within my network and outside of my network. And that's starting to grow every day. Mm. Well, I Again, I think, uh, I think it's interesting because we didn't know each other in the military, but there's a lot of similarities within, within ourselves. How has that transition out of the military into starting your own business, how has the skills from the military helped you into entrepreneurship? Oh, I think it's helped me significantly. So, you know, in the military, there's a lot of uh, a self-reflection and, and independence in its own right, being able to... Um, operate on your own and so that you can successfully be a teammate, right? And I, so I think that has really paid a big part into my, into my business side is because I have that accountability to myself to be successful. And if I'm not accountable to myself, then my success obviously lacks at that portion. So having those core values and that, um, that selfless service is kind of where I go back to and that, uh, you know, that ability to help others without asking anything in return um, is, is kind of where I kind of start at. Mm. So what I'm kind of getting you hear or hearing is uh, being able, being a self-starter, being disciplined in yourself has really helped you uh, when it comes to running your own business. Yeah, absolutely. And that's key. What, what has been a challenge leaving that structure of the military to now having freedom to do basically anything you'd like to do? Um, especially when it comes to running your business. Yeah, absolutely, and that goes back to the exact same thing. Having that self-motivation that self is key, but it's very, very easy to get off track. It's very easy to have, um, you know, life get in the way a little bit. And I don't say get in the way like it's a bad thing, but, you know, 
Most people have other people they're responsible to. In my particular case, I have a family that I'm responsible to. You know, my wife and my kids, they've been there with me the entire time. And so I owe them my time. But I also owe myself the time to be successful in my business, obviously to provide the best I can for my family. So the, the difficult part is having the discipline to be able to stay in the business every day, but also have the balance with my family and, and give them the equal share of time that they deserve. I, I love that you brought up family because for me, it's such a huge part. It's one of my, actual, my core values, um, not just my own family, making them a priority, but also being able to uh, treat others like family. I'm curious though, have you found like a successful split? Like, okay, I'm like 60% family, 40% home. Does it really depend on the season? Yeah, absolutely. And so in the real estate market, the, the hot season is over the summertime, right? But that's also the season when the kids are out of school. So, you know, that's always a challenge during the summer, right? Like right now, trying to dedicate as much time as I can to the family, but dedicate as much time as I can to being successful in the real estate market and being a successful agent and treating those clients as if they are my family at the same time, right? Uh, but it is different throughout different portions of the year. And it is different mostly from week to week because I, I kind of have to have a, a thumb on that heartbeat, right? You have to figure out what is more important today so that I can be successful tomorrow. And sometimes you have to get creative with finding the time to do all the things that you really want to do. And I think that's where I kind of, I brought that in for the military as well because I had to find that time as well. Have you found any, any tools to, or useful tips to help you manage that time that you like to use? <laughs> yeah, I think the number one tool that, that anybody can use, and I think this goes back to, you know, majority of people is, is having that ability to listen. You know, being able to listen, interpret what is happening, and then make a decision and prioritize what is most important. Do you, do you have any like, tips on how we can develop that listening skill? Yeah, ask questions and, and kind of take a step back. And you know, when I do that, whenever I look at my family and I look at my, my children and I look at my wife and I see what it is that they are needing at that point in time, it was what helps me make a decision on what's most important today. Because sometimes they need me more than they you know, more, sometimes they need me less. So it's, it's kind of, it comes in waves and vice versa, you know. There is times whenever I need them more than I tell them. So that, that's super important to me. I think listening uh, and, and asking the questions and taking that step back and looking at the whole aspect of what's happening in your day-to-day -day life is important. Hmm. I think it's, it's funny that uh, when it comes to a listening skill, the best way to become better at listening is to ask questions. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like staying curious in that aspect. Uh, so since we have harped on family a little bit, um, what are some ways that you make sure that they know they're a priority when you are trying to grow a, a thriving business? Yeah, so there's a few things we do within our, within our family that are very important to us. Um, one of them, and we started this, Wow, a long time ago, we started this. We started to put our cell phones away during dinner time. So that was our time. It was always our time. And 
you know, as things progressed in the military and I got a little bit further along and I had late night calls, um, and even now in the real estate market, being a realtor, I have late night calls because that's when people are off work. It's still a struggle sometimes to kind of put that phone away and dedicate that time. And the second thing is that we try to be respectful of each other when someone is talking, meaning not interrupting each other. And that goes for my children and that goes for us because my children are a little bit older now, but if they're saying something, we want to listen. Now, it may not be something we're always interested in, right? It may not be something that's always super important at the time, but it's super important to dedicate that time to them. And that's what we try to do as a family. And that's, <laughs> I, I, I love to hear that. I think there's so many ways that we can get distracted from our phones, mm -hmm. uh, so being fully present. And then also, um, I've got younger kids, it's almost easier to jump on them quickly. Like mm -hmm. even though, I, and maybe I'm not hearing the entire story. Uh, so what have you done to kind of really help you stay in that moment when uh, they're maybe being confrontational or they're not, they don't listen to you? How do we uh, like redirect their attention to say, uh, or our own attention to say, I have to, let me finish what they're saying. Yeah, it goes back to putting yourself in that scenario because believe it or not, we were all kids at one time, right? We were all in that mindset where we wanted the attention. And even now as adults, we kind of get like that sometimes, where we want the attention, right? And so putting yourself back in that mindset and not being in the moment and engaging in that confrontation or engaging in that, um, that attitude, right? Taking a step back and being able to see why it's happening. Why are they doing this? Why? What is it that is not being fulfilled within their life that they feel that they have to act out this way? And I'll take you a per for a perfect example. Um, you know, one of my son, he was having some issues with a, a, a thing he was trying to fix and he got a little angry and he threw it. And he's not a young kid anymore. I said, hey, listen, like instead of doing that, why don't you redirect your energy into putting it into something more productive? Use it when you go to the gym, use it when you're doing your workouts or use it in another way. Why do you feel the need to aggressively take out your anger on something when you can put it in a more positive aspect? Mm. So having that redirection and having those tools is important. And I think that comes with age. You, you know, whenever I was a young man and a teenager, I was the same way. So I believe that's important that that comes with age and having that person there to guide him and guide my daughter in those directions is, is important. What about um, your spouse? You know, you've, you mentioned that you've been able to, um, I know we, we talked offline too, you guys met young, mm -hmm. right? Being able to stay in that relationship through all the moves in the military, we know it's stressful, through the deployments, you know, being separate. How do we let our spouses know um, that they're such a big part of our our lives as well as our professional lives? Yeah, that's that's a great question. It's always a challenge to make sure that, to tell them they're the priority, right? But it's not necessarily just telling them. Again, I go back to having that ability to step back, take a look at the scenario and see what is needed at the time. Because it's not always about just telling somebody that they're important or telling my wife that, you know, she is the priority you know, it comes back to those actions. And what am I doing every day 
to show her she's the priority? What am I doing to enhance our relationship? What am I doing to get better at myself so that we can get better as a team? And we talk through all of our problems, all of our scenarios, all of our challenges on, on both the family side, relationship side, and then both of us on our business side as well. We discuss what things are working for each of us in our businesses and how we can better use each other as a platform and as, a, as that safety net to talk to each other and, and let each other know that, well, this may not be the right way to think about it. Because she does that to me all the time <laughs> and tells me that, well, maybe you should think about it like this and vice versa. So how do we, what are some ways that you've been able to do that, you know, uh, show her every day that she, that like what if somebody doesn't really know how to do that, what's an example that you would point to? So I think it comes down to the person, right? So in my particular uh, case, my wife, she is a, uh, I'm trying to remember what it is for the love languages, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we did take one of those classes and we did talk about it and we did oh, explore cool. those with each other. And so I know that uh, the acts of service is very high on her list. So it may be something as simple as, as putting the dishes away out of the dishwasher um, or you know, making sure her, her clothes are clean for the day or, or you know, ironing a shirt for her or anything like that. You know, small things that, that really are an act of service. Cleaning, cleaning up is really one of the biggest things. <laughs> and I know, as, you know as, as men, sometimes we get that stigma of like, well, that's not really what we can be doing all the time, but it's not that hard. It's really not. And we find that equality in our relationship to where, uh, you know, someone is a little bit slacking, someone is a little bit behind or, or they need a little bit more throughout the day. We'll tell each other like, hey, listen, like today's a bad day for me. I'm gonna need you to pull a little bit more weight mm. and vice versa. That's, that's powerful, man. It really, um, and thanks for sharing that because for me, uh, I'm just curious, my language is touch, mm -hmm. right? And it's being aware of that. And so one of the things that, I, that I've seen occurs across the last conversation is uh, being self-aware in your own self, uh, being able to, to dive into that own curiosity about what it is I like to do, listening, uh, staying curious, and then now you're taking it into your relationship. If I can stay aware of what I like and what my wife, spouse likes, especially because you guys are such a partnership, right? Um, that you're able to get better at all of it. Oh, so I, I appreciate that insight because it's, um, it always feels good to hear it in somebody else. Yeah. Right? And I'm like trying to figure out my own path and how do I get better at all these things. So I do want to take it back to the business side. Although I think it all plays a part, a part of it. You mentioned that your wife has a business. So as a business owner yourself, how do you support her and her business? You know, how do we support um, somebody else in, throughout their entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, absolutely. So our businesses aren't necessarily tied in together, um, but they do support each other in the fact that she owns her own photography business. So when it comes to myself and I do have a listing and I have a, a client that is selling their house, I have, a, I have a person that I go to that knows what she's doing when it comes to the, the photography portion of it. So she has supported me in that way, and then vice versa. Um, everybody that I meet and all my other fellow agents that are within my company, I recommend her or them to go to her for her business so she can do things such as headshots or other listings from other agents or 
Um, whenever I have clients that have families and they're coming up on a big event, you know, a birthday party or a, you know, a graduation, I'm always recommending her. So those are kind of the things that we do um, for each other to support each other's businesses. But you know, the daily support of how successful we are is based on how much we do. And sometimes that's her telling me, what have you done today? And vice versa, hmm. what have you done today? And sometimes it comes down to being very blunt with each other and, and having that honest conversation with, oh man, yeah, you're right. I didn't do anything real estate related today. So I guess I better get to work. <laughs> <laughs> and having an open conversation is yeah, an exactly. accountability partner, really. Yeah, right. Beyond just within the walls of our house, you know, mm -hmm. like, okay, well, if you're really going to be take charge of your business, you know, you're the one that has to do it. Correct. Uh, so along the lines of business, how do you, um, or how do we as business owners continue to grow our business? What's one of the things that you're working on? Yeah, uh, one of the things that I'm working on is, is always trying to, to put myself out there. And I think having that vulnerability and that ability to, to put yourself out there every day, it, it's hard. It's a challenge, and it's not easy. Um, being able to talk to people and let them know that you are in this particular field is a challenge sometimes. Mm. Because, you know, I'm not the type of person that likes to be bothered when I don't want to be bothered. So I understand that's how a lot of people are, or some people, maybe not everybody. But if I'm sitting at home and, you know, someone comes to knock on the door trying to sell me something, I'm not too keen on getting up and, and listening at that moment because I'm not looking for it at that moment. And so I try not to be that aggressive with it. Some people will tell you that's the wrong attitude to have in the real estate market. Others tell, say that you have to do that. I'm finding my own way to do it. I don't necessarily have to do that way to be successful. Mm. Um, and I think having that, that mark of success is, is based on everybody's own outlook of where success lies for that particular person in that particular business, right? So, you know, I start at the end and what's gonna make me successful today or this year or this quarter well, I, that's where I start at. I start with that, and then I build backwards. So what does success look like for you? Success looks like for me, having the ability to do real estate with the freedom to spend as much time as I can with my family. Mm -hmm. And so what, what's been one of the difficult things that you've been working on within your business to get you to that success? You know, I mean, because business is so encompassing, a lot mm -hmm. of things, right? So for one of the things that we're learning here at the studio too is, is this the best use of my time, mm -hmm. right? Like, and how do I outsource that or find somebody else to partner with to do this part of it uh, while I'll keep moving forward? So how have you dealt with something like that? Yeah, and so, you know, the hardest part is obviously trying to find more clients, trying to find more business all the time. Um, and the ways that I do that is I do that through social media I do that through, you know, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and, you know, all the platforms so that I can reach as many people as I can. Um, but majority of it is, is from my network. I, I talk to people within my family, within my friends groups, and I spread the word that way. And, 
you know, I had a lot of success last year and some success already this year. Uh, and a lot of it's come from people that I already knew. So it sounds like if you're looking to grow a business, you know, uh, cultivating those relationships, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the probably the most important thing is that I'm not looking out here to sell anything. The product is, is myself, my services, my relationship with you. Because at the end of the day, um, you can buy a house from anybody. You can buy a house from any agent that you meet. And they'll probably do a very good job too. They'll probably do that. But what I do is I try to treat you as if you are part of my family. I try to treat you as if anything that you ask me, I can help you with. And, and it's not just about the particular house. It's if you need some construction work done later, if it's, you know, what's the best schools, you know, finding out what it is that is going to be best suited for you and your family moving into that neighborhood or that house. So it seems like you do have a bit of a different approach to it where, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, numbers tied behind to it, behind it. I, I got to get this many clients in this long. Um, and, and that's definitely a, a real advantage because it allows you to be free and real, your real character come across. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to... I'm curious, is what I say. So I'm curious about when it comes to real estate and what is one thing that um, a lot of folks get misconstrued about being a realtor? About being a realtor? Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, there are so many realtors out there. It's, I think that they, they, they just think that they're going to just use that person to buy a house. I think, like I said, that that's the stigma that's behind it is this person is just here to, to service me to buy this house and that's it. Um, whereas, like I said, I try to create that relationship and I put that over, you know, them buying a house or selling a house to start. That's, that's not the point. The point is to understand who you are, understand what your particular scenario is and how it is I can best serve you because that's the way I see it. I think it's a a continued service and so where I think a lot of um, a lot of the public that is not real estate related see realtors at is that we are just out here to sell something kind of like a car salesman mm. but that's not that I that's not what I want to be known as and that's not who I want to be so if it ever comes to that that uh, that I feel like that's where I'm going then I probably won't do it yeah, you know, I love as you said too, it's the continued service because I remember, or I'd like for you to dig into that story about helping somebody with their uh, fighting their taxes. Oh yeah, taxes. Yeah. So for me, one of the things that I that stood out to me where it was like it's not about. Um, I don't want to give that in any way. So why don't you tell me, you know, share a story like that or share that story um, about going beyond the calls of being you know, helping you the person to buy the house. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do have very close family friends that did call me one day and they said, hey, we are going to be moving eventually and we do want you to sell our house for us. But right now we just got our property tax bill in and it was like triple of what their home value was. They're like, what do we do? How do we do this? And my first answer to them was, well, one, there is companies out there that do this full-time, all the time, for people, for a fee. Mm -hmm. I was like, 
what I can do is I can give you the best advice that I have, give you the same comparisons that they're going to give you, and I'm not going to charge you because one, I don't really need the, uh, the income from that. Again, it goes back to building that relationship, building that trust and that confidence that you are competent in your abilities and what you're doing. And so for me, I have a lot of self-confidence because I, I research a lot. I, I read a lot. I look at what's happening in the real estate market almost every single day. I pay attention to, to all the news media so that I can understand if it is a truthful story or an untruthful story, which is what people get confused about. Um, but I go back to building that relationship first and I'm confident in my abilities because I do that research. So one, I already know that they're a family friend and they're going to, mm -hmm. to come back for business. But that person knows 20 other people and those 20 people know 20 other people. And if I get the reputation that I, that I hopefully have, that I think I have, then it'll take care of itself at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have to go out and seek to always create business with everybody that I talk to. I think that's, that's powerful, man. And you're right, it, for us, what that terms like, translates to for us here is that's brand building, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks talk about reputation and you're trying to figure out what brand is. That's what brand is. Branding is how do I protect my, my reputation? How do mm -hmm. I protect what other people say about me? Yeah. By, through my actions, the way I represent myself. And so I, since you did talk about real estate in the long term, I'm kind of curious, where do you see that? See us in like six months in the next year when it comes to real estate? I know folks are like scared to buy houses or mm -hmm. sell houses. It's like, it can be intimidating. So what do you kind of Yeah, predict? absolutely. So uh, we'll just come back to the history lesson, right? So I think everybody tries to compare today's real estate market and how things are um, not as great as they were last year. They try to compare them to back in the early 2000s, 2008, 2009, when the real estate market crashed. There was a lot of foreclosures at the time. We were going through a recession. Um, a lot of people lost their jobs and there was a ton of foreclosures and a lot of people lost their house. What, what people don't, I don't know if they really think about it or not, but some people that I talk to, they don't really think about it as well, is that if you still continued to have a job, but your home lost value, you could have just waited. And a lot of people did. I listened to some, uh, some other podcasts and some other real estate market podcasts, and they talked about that. A gentleman, he, his home value dipped down. He waited 10 years, and then he sold it for triple the price. So, so it's not that you have to sell at that point. So people look at that scenario where a lot of people did lose their homes, and that was a very unfortunate time in the real estate market. And then they look at today, and they want to compare that. Well, the difference between then and now is that it's, it's completely different. It changes year to year. It changes quarter to quarter sometimes, right? right? Um, but it's different because the lending standards back then were much looser than they are today. Okay. So it's a lot harder to purchase a house now than it was in 2005, 2006, and 2007. They were very easy to, to hand out a loan versus now, you know, they have a little bit tighter standards to verify that people are actually uh, qualified and solid in their ability to make this payment. 
Because that's that's a, that's a risk that they're taking, right? Yeah, I got you. Um, no, I think that's that's similar to a lot of the things that I see going on too. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm in the field, you know. Yeah. I'm not trying to give out the advice. I just think a lot a lot of times, especially in the area, folks are either scared to buy a house or nobody's sure about the market. Or even compared to two years ago, they, oh, it was so easy to buy a house and rates were low. And it's like, okay, well, you know, why not ask someone who is in the business now where they see it going? So I did have one thing I wanted to add to that too because I think this is important. And it was a it was part of a training that I was a part of uh, the other day. And the gentleman that was giving the training, he said that the, he, he used it as this term, the last two years in the real estate market were the greatest real estate market that the country has ever seen in the 200 years that they've been keeping data for the housing market. That is the greatest time. And he called those the unicorn years. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he said that, and I'm gonna go ahead and uh, use his analogy as well, is that for 200 years, we were riding a horse in the real estate market. And horses are fast, they're great, they're phenomenal animals. And then all of a sudden, we started riding a unicorn. And then after that, that unicorn disappeared. And so now we're back to riding a horse, so everyone's like, well, why don't we have this? Mm. Well, you're comparing it to a time in the real estate market that was so much of an anomaly that you'll probably never see that again in your lifetime, where, where rates were down to, you know, in the high twos, 2.8, 2.9, you know, some even 2.6. Like, that, I don't know if that'll ever happen again. So if you want to compare that to now, at, at today's real estate interest market, it's, we're at about a normal rate gotcha. majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I do appreciate that insight. And I want to say thank you and, and acknowledge you for really showing up and being here and being present, you know, putting your phone away. It's a, it makes a big difference, yeah. you know, for all of us. And you can tell, you know, you really brought your A game. So, so thank you for that. Um, two last things. First, how can somebody reach out to you and follow along with you? All right, so you can reach me on any social media platform. It's Andrew Sells Real Estate, uh, S-E-L-L-S. And on my website is www.andrewsellsrealestate.com. Um, you can find me that way. I am on TikTok as well. And yeah, those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. And my phone number is on there as well. I'm not gonna give it out over the podcast, <laughs> but my phone number is everywhere all over those social media platforms. So you can reach me directly to my cell phone. Well, there you have it. I, I appreciate you being on. I, I can see why folks choose you. Uh, my very last question, right, is um, out of everything you've learned, what are three life lessons that you would like for the viewers to take home? All right, three life lessons. Um, yeah, like I think the first thing is always going to be looking at yourself in the mirror. Like that's that's probably the biggest thing that I do is I is I look at myself and I look at what it is I did today and how I can be better tomorrow. And I'm only ever in competition with one person. That's myself. That's it. Always in competition with myself. Um, the second thing is. Once you have that ability to see yourself and see what is you need to do, how can you help somebody else? Hmm. And then the last thing is, is it goes back to the family portion of it. And probably one of the most important things is, is having that, that, that viewpoint of 
showing the people that are in your life that they are the priority at that time. And like I said, those priorities change day to day, but at the end of the day, the most important people in my life are the people that I choose to be in my life um, and the people that are in my life every day, which is my family. And way to bring it home, Andrew, I really appreciate it. Um, I hope to be one of those folks in your lives. I hope that this conversation <laughs> has brought us closer together too. You know, I, I really appreciate it. I think you shared so much value. Uh, and I really want to say thank you. I, I really appreciate this. And for you out there, thank you for following along, uh, listening to the Business Coffee Hour. It's William Gray Jr. This has been a completely humbling experience. I, I appreciate you guys all. So let us know how we're doing. Leave a review. Share with your friends. Comment. Uh, all that fun stuff. And if you haven't heard today, you are loved. You are enough. Get out there. Make yourself better. And as always, I love you guys.